Good morning and welcome to our service here at Dollar, Glendevin and Muckert on Sunday the 16th of August. Tony, our minister, is on holiday, but will return next week when we hope to have the churches at Muckert and Dollar open for a short service of worship, pending authorisation from Presbytery. Our service will also continue to be recorded and available online for those who would prefer to join us that way. Check the website for further details. A word from Jesus calms the sea, the stormy wind controls. Stephen will now bring us our first reading, a poem by John Newton. A poem by John Newton. A word from Jesus calms the sea, the stormy wind controls, and gives repose and liberty to tempest-tossed souls. To Peter on the waves he came and gave him instant peace. Thus he to me revealed his name and bid my sorrows cease. Then filled with wonder, joy and love, Peter's request was mine. Lord, call me down, I long to prove that I am wholly thine. Unmoved at all I have to meet on life's tempestuous sea, hard shall be easy, bitter sweet, so I may follow thee. He heard and smiled and bid me try, I eagerly obeyed. But when from him I turned my eye, how was my soul dismayed? The storm increased on every side, I felt my spirit shrink. And soon with Peter loud I cried, Lord, save me or I sink. Kindly he caught me by the hand and said, Why dost thou fear? Since thou art come at my command, and I am always near. Upon my promise rest thy hope, and keep my love in view. I stand Engage to hold thee up and guide thee safely through. Let us pray. Before the world began, you loved us. Before you had created us, you were faithful to us. And we, as your people, are thankful for your great and abiding love, shown again and again down the ages. You have never abandoned us, even when we have abandoned you. You have never forgotten us, even when we have strayed far from the path. We praise you, faithful God, for the steadfast love which has always guided us, for the promise which has never faltered, for the light which has lightened our way, for the story which has reminded us of those who came before us. We join with one voice to give you praise and thanks. We gather this morning in your presence, those of us who come here often, those who have not been for a long time, and those joining us for the first time, those who are full of faith and those who don't know what we believe, those who can hardly keep from singing and those who can barely face the day. We gather because you have called us, because you love us, because you are our God. We gather 
not because we are good or pure or holy, but because of our need. We gather, knowing that again and again we have failed to live as you would have us live, that we have not loved one another, that we have not loved your creation, that we have not loved you, and that we have not loved ourselves. Forgive us, God, and renew us to be your people. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, now and for ever. Amen. And now Stephen will bring us our Gospel reading from Matthew. Our Bible passage this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew at chapter 14, reading verses 22 to 33, and is taken from the New International Version. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. I often think of this passage that Stephen has just read when I find myself in seemingly impossible situations. I clearly remember a conversation I had with the youth fellowship group I helped to lead in a church we attended in Edinburgh. We were planning our end of term trip and asked the kids what they wanted to do, expecting them to suggest bowling, paintball or even a camping weekend. However, the number one suggestion was to visit our assistant minister Alistair and his wife Sophie and brand new baby who had just taken up their first charge at the Scottish Episcopal Church 
in Amsterdam. The leaders inwardly met this suggestion with both horror and amazement, but we remained composed and said we would think about it. The thought of taking 20 teenagers abroad and to a big city like Amsterdam seemed to be totally impossible, foolhardy and crazy. However, we prayed about this together and gradually came to the conclusion that perhaps we were supposed to do this. Finally, after more prayer and preparations, the trip went ahead and was an enormous success. We slept in the church hall floor, took part in the Sunday service and visited some brilliant Christian charities that were working with refugee kids and within the red light district. A visit to Anne Frank's house rounded off a profoundly moving and inspirational weekend that touched the hearts of the kids and the leaders. A wonderful experience which we still remember today. It was an example of stepping out into the unknown and trusting in Jesus to protect us. Doing this took us on an amazing journey that enriched our walk with him. The story of Jesus walking on the water occurs in three of the four Gospels, but it's only in the Gospel of Matthew that we have the addition of the part about Peter asking Jesus to call him and Peter's subsequent swimming lesson. When studying this passage, we usually tend to focus on Peter, who finds himself sinking into stormy seas when he begins to doubt Jesus. But if we only focus on the moment that Peter sinks, we will have missed the most wonderful and promising part of the story. We can focus on Peter sinking if we want to, and it seems like most of the church does, but that's not the whole story. I want to encourage us to put the failure aside for a time and look at the promise. Peter walks on the water. He walks in the water just like Jesus. He sinks after a few steps, yes, but for a brief moment, Peter walked on water. Peter showed great faith in getting out of the boat and going to Jesus. The reason he sinks is not because it was wrong to get out of the boat. Peter only sinks when that faith wavers. The greatest failure in this story is not Peter, but the rest of the disciples, who sat huddled in the boat, still wondering if they were seeing a ghost. Peter's faith may have been weak, but it was much stronger than the rest of the bunch. Peter had boldness. All of the disciples got safely to the other shore, but only Peter walked on water. How much we have missed if we only remember that Peter sank. This is a passage of promise. If you respond in faith to the call of God, you can walk on water. The lesson, if you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to read John Ortberg's book with that very title. If you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. It explores the concept in much greater detail than we can here in a practical, encouraging and entertaining way. We talk about wanting to work miracles, wanting to do great things for Christ, but yet we don't want to compromise the comfort and safety of the boat. It can't happen. Miracles, just by definition, are risky. They defy what we believe to be the usual order of things. We can't walk on water without getting out of the boat, without taking the risk. 
Miracles are not a result of practical living and common sense. Miracles make no sense at all. In fact, none of our faith makes sense to the folks sitting still in the boat. Babies born to virgins don't make sense. Empty tombs don't make sense. Choosing death in order to live doesn't make sense. Ruling by serving doesn't make sense. Being first by bringing up the rear doesn't make sense. And it certainly doesn't make sense to step out of a perfectly good boat at the height of a storm. But there stands Jesus outside the boat, making no sense by standing on top of water that should be sending him to certain death. He doesn't come to us in the way we would expect, rowing up in another boat. He's walking on the water. And instead of leaping into the boat with us and saying, how's it going guys? He stops outside the boat, standing on the water, and calls us to come. Jesus doesn't chide the others for staying in the boat, but later it is Peter to whom Jesus says, You are the rock on which I will build my church. The church is founded on the one who dared to get out of the boat. Now, I probably don't need to tell you that I'm not a natural risk taker. You're not going to find me bungee jumping, cliff diving, participating in extreme sports or taking any holiday without a better than 50-50 shot at coming home again. However, in my experience, whenever I have stepped out of the boat and put my trust in Jesus, amazing things have happened. I'm sure many of you have stories to tell of amazing things happening when you took a scary step out of your comfort zone in faith. Peter does take an incredible risk in getting out of a boat on a dark and stormy night, but the key here is he doesn't put out the first toe until Jesus has said to him, come. If Jesus is not anywhere near our boat, we would be crazy to get out and try to walk on water. We can't do that on our own. But when God appears in the scene, new possibilities open before us and we listen for the guidance of God. And if God says, it's okay, you can take that to the bank. We are not called to be reckless, but we are called to trust. The problem is, our world does not live by trust. Our watchwords today are words like protection, security, safe. Whether it is the government, the police, healthcare, social programmes or financial investment, we hear those words as organisations describe their goals and objectives. We must protect our children, make sure universal credit funding is protected. We have safe schools and want to guard our investments in the NHS. In these times of pandemic, we have many rules and laws that have been set up to protect us. Some clearer than others, I have to say. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, though. It's important that we weigh up risks and act sensibly and ask God for guidance. But when on occasion we let our concern for security and safety spill over into our faith, our faith vanishes and we sink into the sea. Faith means nothing if it does not mean risk. Faith and trust go hand in hand. And that means so do faith and risk. Because trust is a risky business. 
You can tell me that you trust me to hold your money until you're blue in the face, but until you've actually put the money into my hands, you haven't really trusted. It's the same with faith. You can say, oh, I have faith in God all you want, but until you get out of the boat, it's only so much hot air. There's nothing more important than God, we say. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, we quote. With God, all things are possible. We shout it again and again as we sit comfortably in our boats, calling the ones who talk of getting out foolish and impractical. And we look at those who do get out of the boat and we condemn their lack of faith if they start to sink, completely unaware that even as they sink to the bottom of the sea, their faith is greater than ours. We have no business claiming we have any faith whatsoever until we have been willing to get out of the boat when Jesus calls. The call of God to all of us is the same now as it ever was. Go and make disciples of all nations. That commission is represented in the story we've just read, which begins with the note that the disciples, and later Jesus with them, are headed to the other side of the lake. Interestingly, every time that Jesus goes to the other side of the lake, he's going to be with Gentiles, and as, as in those times, that was Gentile territory. The church exists to make disciples, and in the day we forget that, we cease to be a church and become a cruise liner, trying to make sure that the passengers are comfortable and having a good time. I wonder if we can consider how Jesus might be calling us, both individually and as a church, to get out of the boat. In these uncertain times, we're having to rethink how we live, and we have to rethink how we do church. Maybe Jesus is standing there outside the boat and calling to you personally. Two years ago, I stepped out of the comfortable boat of attending church and being an elder to apply to become an ordained local minister. It was an incredibly scary step, but so far I'm still just about on top of the water. This journey with God has been exhilarating, unexpected and not a wee bit scary, I have found that when God directs me to give, there is always enough left over. Maybe God is calling you to take what you many feel is the scariest step of all, to share your faith with someone else. Has God ever helped you? Has prayer ever made life a little more bearable? Have you ever found real comfort in your faith? At this difficult time, many people are hurting. Some will learn they've lost a job. Some might realise their family is breaking up or suffering pain and illness. Some might ignore their children or exchange hurtful words with a friend and wonder how to make it right. Is it really fair to keep the good news of Jesus hidden inside church walls and hope that whoever needs it will happen to wander in? I'm not one to bang on people on the head with Bibles or threaten those made in God's image with the fires of hell, but I am one who believes that there is no better way to live life than with God. And my heart breaks for those who haven't figured that out yet. To make disciples is the calling of this church and of every church that bears the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to walk in the water, you've got to get out of the boat. A quote I love says, A ship in a harbour is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. God calls us to set sail, 
and once we're out on the raging sea, we see God and some new possibilities. Jesus is on the water and bids us come. Do we dare? God is patient with us when we can't seem to leave the comfort of the boat. But the church was built on Peter, not the others. Can you hear the voice of Jesus saying, come? If you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. Amen. Let us pray. Like the disciples, when we are tired and weary and out of sorts, the last thing we need is to be confronted with our Lord approaching us on water. In the midst of a storm, we long for calm, not more high jinks. We batten down the hatches, retreat into ourselves, admiring those who launch themselves into the waves, but happy to sit back and watch and smile with satisfaction as their efforts are swamped. We are content to allow the miracles unfolding all around us to become submerged in the complexities of life. We pray for our community in Dollar Muckert and Glendevin. We pray for all who are struggling at this time. Bless them and help us to be disciples in your name. Bless all our churches in Scotland and throughout the world. Guide us all as we attempt to return to worship in our buildings. Help us to do this safely and with love. Thank you for the technology which has allowed us to worship you in a new way. We pray that we can use this to grow your kingdom in new and exciting ways. And help us not to miss anyone out. Show ways to include everyone. Inspire us to go out and be disciples. Inspire us to get out of the boat. And finally, we lay before you those who are on our hearts, who we place before you in prayer. Lord, we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining with this service today and do remember to check the website for updates on services next week where recordings of all our services are available for those who prefer to listen at home. And finally, let us close in prayer. Jesus reaches out to help his friend and the waters calmed. We go now to find ways of doing the same Reach out and give someone a hand up this week. And the blessing of God be with us all. Amen. <laughs>